Amen. Yeah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well. You, you know, the Bible says. <laughs> and it says, God, our God, because he hated wickedness and loved righteousness, God, our God, anointed Jesus or smeared Jesus of Nazareth with the oil of gladness above all his companions you know Jesus was a happy guy man you know he wasn't this like stoic you know serious look all the time I mean they thought he was a wine bibbler and he we know he wasn't you know because he was woo, you know he was he had a good time and he was a guy you'd want to hang around uh, you know and God still anoints those who, you know, hate wickedness and love righteousness with the oil of gladness above their companions. Above their companions means he was the, like, most gladdest, that's not even a word, uh, person around, you know. He was joy-filled. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's actually one-third of the kingdom. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, right, standing with God, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, you know. So we don't receive joy. We, we really reject one-third of the kingdom, you know. And so it's so good, man. Thank you. Yeah. Have your way. As you can see, we're really not polished and don't care to be. So really not here to impress anybody but to please one person. And he sits on the throne, the right hand of the Father. And he's coming back, and our heart is that when he comes, he'll find faith in this earth, you know, right here. He'll find people radically in love, waiting on the bridegroom king. The spirit and the bride say, come. Even so, come. Man. Aren't you so grateful for the worship this morning? You guys want to give it up for Caleb and them? Yeah, how about the presence of the living God, though? Like, seriously, come on. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I better keep this up here. Oh, it's only noon. Yeah, so just so you know, we go till about 6 p.m. every Sunday. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you're like, mm. Yeah, we fast every Sunday, and we just go right past it. <laughs> I think the latest we've gone is four, but it was a literal sovereign moment and nobody like wanted to leave. I actually looked at around to end the service a couple times that that day and people were just, Aah! and I was like, I'm not touching that with a 10 foot pole, <laughs> you know? So I like walk out of the room, you know, last Sunday, I don't know, it was like two 30 and I just walked out of the room, but you know, we don't plan that. And so if you have to work like no biggie, nobody's going to be offended. Don't worry about that. We just follow the Lord, and sometimes it's like 1, 1.30, sometimes it's 12. We have some newer people, so I'm just, I'm just letting you know, like, we just follow that. We don't really care because, we're, again, we're not here to appease people or please. We're here for one purpose, to meet with the man Christ Jesus, 
to encounter him, to be edified, to manifest him more fully in our lives, to know him, to make him known, and to please him and live lives pleasing to him. That's the number one priority. Amen? Awesome. Today, we're going to be preaching on the sufficiency of Jesus. Many of us have been guilty, I know I certainly have, of Jesus and, you know. I'm happy. You know, I've heard it said happiness comes from happenings. I'm happy when things happen that I want them to happen to me and it produces happiness, you know. But satisfaction and joy, these are eternal things. Happiness is a temporary thing. But satisfaction, fulfillment, joy is eternal. And, and I just, I've been feeling it more and more, even with what we were talking about just a minute ago, of this redirection onto uh, eternal things, you know, a, a really a being narrow-minded. And I know that in 2021, that is portrayed as something bad to be narrow-minded. You know, it's like, nah, you're so narrow-minded. But Jesus actually calls us to be narrow-minded in him. You see what I'm saying? Like, his way is the only way. We define faith as this. And she, she touched on it during an offering. But faith is believing that Jesus is who he says he is, Messiah. He is Messiah. We believe that. But, you know, that level of faith, if all you ever believe is that Jesus is Messiah, that's the faith level of a demon. And you say, huh, what? The demons believe and tremble that Jesus is Lord. But what we say is faith is believing Jesus is who he says he is, will do what he says he'll do, and his way is the right way. Meaning this right here is 100% fact. That what Jesus, how Jesus says to live, that is the right way to live. Right? What Jesus says he'll do doesn't matter what I see it in front of me. He, all his promises in Christ are yes and amen. He is faithful forever. The only one found worthy. That's faith, man. It's anybody could say, well, yeah, I believe Jesus is Messiah. Yeah, the demons believe and tremble. But do you live for him? Do you believe when he says don't do it, it's for your, it's for your benefit? Do you believe that when he says those who, uh, those who obey me love me? That's what he says. The, I, you, I know you'll know that they're my children when they love others. And he says later in John, first John, that we'll know when they obey. He says the sons of the devil, the kids of the devil, you'll know because they'll follow the devil. And us children, we obey. We have faith that when he says no, it's no. And we say yes, it's yes. And we don't question or at least we want to grow to that place. You know? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Which lets me know right off the rip there's going to be days I don't understand and, the, and there's going to be days I have no idea which way I should go. You know, wisdom, the how-to of God begins with the fear of the Lord, being mindful of God, trusting in him. This is faith. But so often we add to this thing. We add to our faith things that God never added to. Things that he never wanted for us. 
we allow things to get places and grips upon our heart and upon our soul. What is your soul? Your mind, will, and emotions. It's the thing that causes you to do what you do and feel how you feel. Okay? It's your feeler and your doer, your want to. Anytime you say, I want or I don't want to, guess where that's starting at? In your soul. Well, they made me feel or I feel about this person. Guess where that's starting? In your soul. See, your spirit at salvation became born again. Your heart became circumcised and God's finger wrote his laws on your heart. You became a new creature. When you put your faith, hope, and trust in the fact that Jesus was born a virgin, the word made flesh, lived a sinless life, right? Was betrayed by many. Preached the gospel, right? Preached the gospel, betrayed by his closest friends, healing, signs, wonders, raise the dead, cast out devils, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, right? Taken, whipped, and beaten with a cat of nine tails, flesh ripped open, by his stripes were healed, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace upon him. This is the gospel, right? Nailed to a cross. The Bible says, cursed is any man who hangs on a tree. Jesus becomes a curse to curse the curse so that we could become blessed. He nails my sins and your sins to that cross. So much so that the Father has to turn away from Him while He hangs on the cross because sin separates us from God. And He who was one with God and been one with God since the beginning had to feel a separation because of you and I. And it all came on Him. And He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus then he's buried for three days preaches the gospel in the center of the earth the Bible says and then on the third day hallelujah because death couldn't keep him and hell couldn't hold him the same spirit of God in me and in this room raised Christ Jesus from the dead he was seen amongst many and ascended to the right hand of the father and he's returning when we believe this when we actually believe this and the Holy Spirit sees it and the father sees that there's faith for us to believe that he comes and he causes us to become born Again, not by my effort, not by my mind in some human decision, but a work of the Spirit. Human effort availeth nothing. The Spirit brings life, Jesus said. You become born again. But how many of you know for this whole time, before you were born again, your mind lived under the control of the demon spirit of this world. Your soul and your mind was under the power of Satan and under the power of this world. If you don't believe it, just see what Paul said. Paul said, I come preaching faith in Jesus so that men would come out of darkness into light, out from the power of Satan into the power of God. That's the gospel. And so what it does, he sets your spirit free. And then as you walk this thing out, you begin like a baby and you grow up and you got to learn some things. Got to learn how to think and how to live. And like, it's okay to be a babe in Christ. Just means I got to, I got to, that little miracle over there, she ain't got no problem being a baby leaning on her mama right now. She's totally satisfied being a baby. She's living sober-minded right now. My little Nariah Grace running around being wild as all get out, being four years old, she ain't got no problem, trust me. No problem being four years old. You know, she's just really good. But it's like, it's like all of a sudden when we get into like being preteen, now we got a problem. Like, no, I need to be grown. You know, let's simmer down, son. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picking on the other one. No, he does really good. I'm really proud of him. He's a good boy. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we all got there. Now all of a sudden we got a little bit of knowledge and we think we have all knowledge. So it is with Christ. We start to get a little bit of knowledge and we think we got all knowledge. Oh, I know the Bible. I got it figured out. I know how to do this, you know. Man, whoo. I'm telling you, the longer I walk with Jesus, the more I realize I don't know. 
And I'm just at the mercy. Help me, Jesus. He gives grace to the humble, so I want to stay as low as I can because I've gone out into this world without his grace, and it ain't fun. I get beat up every time, you know? And so, unfortunately, we're having to learn that we really don't need all the things we thought we needed. All the stuff that we, many of us have dreamed for years to have and possess, we find out that if we get those, it's cool. But like really, he's all sufficient. That, that we learn, we grow into the fact that the best day of my life was the day I met Jesus. The best day for, and literally for all of eternity up until this point, until we entered into that place where this mortal body puts on immortal and we enter that, that city of bliss with Jesus where there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain. Like up until that point, the best day of our life happened the day we got born again. And what's amazing about that thing is on this journey, we get to have that day every day. I get to lock up every morning with the king of glory and he visits me and he walks with me and he talks with me. And he speaks to me and he loves me and he cares for me and he protects me and he heals me and he washes me and he delivers me and he cleanses me and he comforts me and he helps me. He is all sufficient. He's got a name for everything you need. If you need help, he's helper. If you need comforting, he's comforter. If you need healing, he is healer. If you're in need of being set free this morning, I know him. His name is Deliverer. He is king. He is a bridegroom. He is the lover of our soul. He's the washer of our feet. He's the filler of our souls. He generously pours out his spirit. He's everything we need. He is joy. He is peace. He is patience. He is kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. There is not anything you're going to run into in this life that the answer really is not Jesus. Man, he's an all-sufficient Savior. <laughs> Woo! He's so good. I'm telling you, this is really good news, church. It's really good news. Like, you know, so many of us have been out there blind and covered in darkness, seeking out, looking for it, and he's light. You know, he is it. And when you found him, you find everything. You know, I, man, I've been guilty of it too. And I'm not, listen, no condemnation here. This is not that. I'm talking about me and what I did. I'm telling on me. But you know, I've done it. I've woke up and I'm like not feeling it that day. And I'm like, man, you know, best not come at me wrong. Woo, you know, like not today. And I ain't talking to Satan. I'm talking to you too. Not today. You know, don't cross me today. Boy, they better not. I'm telling you, it's Youngstown. They better not pass me in that turning lane. Ooh, I'm telling you. You know, and now I'm like, I know what will make me feel better. I'll go buy a, a box of Oreos and, and I'll get some Skittles and I'll eat that sugar and that sugar will change the chemical, you know, take in my mind and I'll feel happy for a moment and it'll shift me out of this funk, you know. 
why would I? Yeah, but then, you know, it's going to also do something down here. And then I eat it, and I feel a little bit better up here. But then, like, Tim is like, oh, why did I do that? Or I get that real high, and then I go real low. And I'm like, man, why did I do that when I had access to peace himself? When I had access to joy himself? In his presence is fullness of joy and life forevermore. You make known to me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. It's the path of life. Like, it's everything I need, you know. I wake up and I'm worried about that bill. And the first thing I know, i got to work more. i got to do more. i got to do And he's like, be still and know God. You know. I've never seen the righteous forsaking, nor his seed begging for bread. Be anxious for nothing, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thoughts of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Like it's all right here, man. It's literally, and if I have faith, I'll walk that out and believe it. That's faith. Believing it. 99% of the time at this point, now that I'm born again, the problem ain't other people. The problem ain't even really the devil. It's me believing in my believer. Well, the devil's coming at me, but the Bible says he's under my feet. He's very real. He comes. And I love it, too, because he's like, well, but I'm in trials and tribulations. But then he comes back and says, count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials. and tri-. Like, he got an answer for everything. You're, we're not going to get away from this thing, man. He's sufficient. He's full. It's him. I've given you some scripture, scripture, but let's look what the Bible says. Second Corinthians. We love the Bible, if you can't tell. I love the Bible. I love the Holy Ghost. I love the power of God. I love the glory of God. I love signs and wonders. I love it all. If it's in the Bible, I, want, I love angelic beings coming and messing up stuff and moving and flowing through the room and gets real swirly. I love all that, but I also just love the word of God. It's all him, man. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Now that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Somebody read that next part if you got it. Did I give you time to get there? All right, I didn't give you time. You got it? Yeah. Go, go John. John, it's okay. Mm. The Spirit brings life. This translation puts it this way. But our sufficiency is from God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. I, I, I love this. Jesus displayed it beautifully. Equal with God in every way. The word made flesh. Good teacher. Don't call me good. Only the father is good. But wait a second. Yeah, but no. I'm not going to claim anything of myself. I don't come here in my own authority, even though I have all authority. Because I, I'm the, the son, the word made flesh, like God in flesh. Y'all know who I am? You know, he didn't do that. That's not what he said. He said, nothing good in me but him. Even Jesus himself, who could have had the claim to say it came from him, didn't claim it came from him. 
He found his sufficiency in the Father. Showing us how to live. Our sufficiency is from God. 2 Corinthians 12.9 But he said to me, my grace, grace, and this grace is not merely divine favor. This grace is divine power. This grace is ability given by God. It's the same grace where Paul says, it's by the grace of God that I am apostle. What Paul was not saying is saying, well, you know, God just picked me and not you. So I have favor and I'm an apostle and you're not. That's not what he's saying. He said, God gave me divine ability to operate as an apostle within the earth. I actually don't even operate as an apostle in the earth based upon my own ability. I can't even do it in and of myself. But God, his power working through me allows me to do it. Does that make sense? That's the grace he's speaking of. And God says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So many times, how many of us, I've been guilty so many times. God, I'll pray more when I things are going better for me. I woke up this morning and, you know, I just meh, wasn't feeling it. You know, meh, wasn't feeling it. You know, we've done it with the grocery cart, right? We put the groceries in the car. Eh, not feeling taking the grocery cart back. You know, wasn't, wasn't feeling it. So who's master now, soul or spirit in that moment? Ugh. I'm so tired and I'm exhausted. I, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm, I get convicted myself. I'm convicted about it myself. Like, like, I mean, in marriage and you're dealing, like, I didn't wake up good, didn't have my coffee yet. You know, and stuff hit the fan in life because trial and tribulation is here. And all of a sudden, I, I start acting out in the flesh and I'm cranky and I'm speaking out of turn and I'm using, you know, all this. I'm using all that. And I'm like, well, you should have mercy on me because I was tired and I was weak and I didn't sleep and I didn't do this. And everything in the world wasn't right where it needed to be. So I couldn't be like Jesus. Wait a second. For my power is made perfect in weakness. The devil wants you to believe that. The devil wants you to believe that God's power only works when everything's going your way. But matter of fact, God's power is on full display when it, in fact, it's not going your way. What do we believe, though? I mean, I've been guilty of believing my flesh when it's yelling at me. Headache, tired, no coffee, first thing in the morning. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. So now I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell you, if, if you ever catch yourself going, I acted this way or did this because of so-and-so and so-and-so, and so, you're, you're declaring that that person has an ability to cause you to not act like Jesus, that they actually have more power over you than Christ's power working in you. Well, but so-and-so did this to me. But so-and-so. But my wife said, boy, she was so out... But at the end of the day, and I'm not saying that the person's right. I'm talking about you and me in the moment. His power is made perfect in our weakness. What means I'm at the end of myself. There's a whole lot of God right there. I, man, that's faith. I want that kind of faith. Have I obtained perfection? Absolutely not. I'm preaching to me too. But this one thing I do, I forget about what's behind. And I press forward to lay hold of that which thing, that thing Christ has laid hold of me. This right here. That in Christ and God's 
I would have all the things that I needed, that in him I would find all sufficiency. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ. I'm so tired. Oh, it's got me feeling all kinds of. I should be like, I'm tired. You know what? Whoop. Light, light bulb, light switch. You know what that means? I don't feel good. I don't feel like it. You know what that means? God's about to show up. God's about to show up. I can't tell you. How the I'm telling you, not lie. In my opinion, because we all have our opinions, and I'm not, I, I don't like to preach opinions, but I'll tell you when it is my opinion and when it's Bible. But my opinion of myself and, and, and God working through my life, some of the best, most powerful meetings I've ever preached were the moments I was completely exhausted and I had nothing to give. And I literally, I literally was like, I remember one time I got a phone call from, I was preach, I used to preach at Teen Challenge once a month. It's actually what I cut my teeth preaching on was at Teen Challenge, which they say is the hardest crowd to preach because you got unbelievers, you got different faiths, you got that it's just tough. I didn't know that. I was just thrown right in. And so we get in there and I'm preaching we get in there, I'm preaching once a month, right? And I got a buddy who was working and he was kind of over who preaches and whatnot. Well, I guess whoever they had canceled, listen, it was my day off, you know, it was my day off. And I was like, you know, I still, I, every day I get up and pray. I try to spend one to three hours a day with the Lord. That's just me. And then I try to go back later in the evening as well. I try to live from his presence. To me, it is the number one priority in all of life. Uh, abide in me and you'll bear much fruit apart from me. You can do nothing. I have nothing for you if I don't have him. He is sufficient. Why would I ever try to go, you know, and, and if I miss it, I repent. I try, then we start over the next day. But this moment, I didn't get up and I didn't pray. And I was like, you know what, tomorrow I was like, and this is, I gave up video games a few years back just because it was for me. It just, I didn't feel like God when I, it felt, it made me feel like I was disconnected from God. I would get done playing video games and I would feel way less connected to God and in the flesh than before I started playing. And I was just like, not worth it for me personally wherever you land that's between you and the holy spirit that's not a matter right there but for me i don't want anything that's disconnecting me from god so i anyway it's one of them days i was like i'm just gonna get up i'm gonna eat like garbage you know it's my day off it's me time and i'm gonna veg out on xbox and like i'm playing not prayed up nothing not ready nothing not feeling spiritual really feeling all up in the flesh and i get a phone call hey we had so and so cancel can you come preach in an hour and I'm like, uh, and all the dude said was, be ready in season and out of season, brother, and hung up the phone. And I was like, oh. So instantly I'm like, Shangada. I started speaking in tongues. I'm like, whoa, going around. I'm like praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm like getting myself ready. I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm trying to like wash off the, I'm like, I'm going to get a shower. I'm trying to wash off the flesh. You know, like I'm in the flesh. I'm trying to wash off the day. And I'm like scrambling in my own human efforts to try to grasp. And nothing. I still felt like nothing. I had nothing. I tried to crack open the Bible. I heard God. I heard nothing. I was like so out of tune with the Spirit. I heard nothing. And so I'm like, okay. So I get dressed and I'm walking. And as I'm walking across the park, parking lot to go in the wind blows and hits me and when it does I felt the Lord and I heard the Lord say I'm with you and that's all I got I'm with you and I'm like good enough so so we get in and I'm telling you it was like the book of Acts when it says that Stephen if you read the amplified version it says Stephen was a man full of and controlled by the Holy Spirit it was like the hand of God possessed my body 
and I don't know what come out of my mouth. I don't know what I said, but at the end of it, there wasn't a, a butt in a seat. Everybody was weeping, bawling, lined up, for, like begging God to forgive them, forgiving people. I think I ended up preaching on like unforgiveness or something. But it was like just the, one of the most powerful responses. And there, I'm telling you, it's a hard egg to crack sometimes to get people to respond. They don't want to do nothing. And there was, it was just the power of the Holy Spirit. His Grace was made sufficient, perfect in my weakness. You know, he's good, man. He's good. Second uh, Corinthians nine, eight. And God is able to make all grace, divine ability abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Let's read that again. Because he covers all bases. Listen to this. And God, not you, is able to make all grace, divine ability, excuse me, divine ability abound to you. So like, not a fraction of divine ability. Abound. You know what abound means? Abundance. Abound. Keep coming to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things. Is anything left out of all things? Okay. What is all things? All things. And at all times. Does this mean when I wake up in the morning? Yep. Does this mean when I stayed up too late? Yep. Does this mean when my toddler's screaming and I just want to go to bed? Yep. Does this mean that me and my wife are trying to spend a little time together at night and the baby won't go to bed and she's just screaming? Yep. You know? It's there, abounds. Does this mean when I, I didn't, I wasn't prayed up, I didn't this and I didn't that, and God gives me an opportunity to witness and share Jesus to somebody, but I really wasn't feeling it today. Well, there's grace. That you may abound in every good work. So it shows me right here that this is talking about in my dealings with the world. It's my dealings with people. It's how I treat others. It's how I do. Like, to me, man, this is convicting, but it's also, also comforting. And that's the way the Lord is. You know, God never convicts you and tells you to do or not to do something without empowering you to do it or not do it. This is the amazing thing. God doesn't have this long laundry list of do's and don'ts and says, hey, do it. Hey, don't do it. But, you know, all in your own strength. Actually, this is saying the exact opposite. He's saying, I removed every excuse. And now I, and if you'll believe it, if you'll believe it, if you'll have faith that the power is there, you can access it. Psalms. We'll go to 71. So good. You ready? Psalm 71. Psalm 71. How are we doing? We good? Yeah? Awesome. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be put to shame. I love this because the author here, which is David, is, is not saying, I'll never let anybody put me to shame. They'll never do that to me again. Many of us have been hurt. We've been wounded. We've been stabbed in the back. We've had our heart broken. We have people used us, and we make this declaration. I'll never let anybody ever do that to me again. Never again. They did me that way, and I'll never do it. But he doesn't, he doesn't put his 
trust in his own ability to allow that to never happen. He puts his trust in the sufficiency of Jesus. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me, not in my own righteousness, in your righteousness, and cause me to escape. Not, I'll scramble and do everything I can in my power to scrape and dig and get out of there. You'll cause me to escape. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be my strong refuge to which I may resort continually. God's never bothered by you reaching out to him. If you ever feel like you cannot reach out to God, that is a lie. If you ever feel like you can't receive forgiveness in a moment, it's a lie. If you ever feel, if if shame tries to come on you, listen, there's a one who is a shame taker. He removes it. The answer is him. And the devil knows it. And that's why he tries so hard to distract us and send other things in our path to keep us from being narrow-minded to him, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, whether it be pornography, whether it be relationships, whether it be sex, whether it be whatever it is. He tries to get us to feel better and differently from some other source than the presence and person of Jesus. That is what he does. You have given me the commandment to save me. Today, I've given you by the Spirit a commandment to save you. Christ is sufficient. Seek his presence, not lesser things. Look at this. You are my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O my God, out of the hand of the wicked. Not, I will punish the wicked. I will take it upon myself to deliver myself. No. (laughs) I just got a text from my buddy and it popped up and he said, Saber, the girl, just took off, ran into the altar call. Come on, Jesus. All right. Deliver me, O God, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the unrighteous and cruel man. God sees when you're done wrong. God sees when you're done dirty. You don't have to vindicate, defend yourself. We have this amazing thing, man. We got this really powerful being. Matter of fact, the whole, uh, the most powerful being in all the universe, right? Actually, the one who spoke and created it. The king of glory. Ruler of the universe that's got our back. And like, I'm telling you, like, we don't have to exact revenge. We don't have to bring justice, even when we cry out for justice. We allow him to do it through us and for us. He does it. He is our deliverer. He is our strong tower. Our sufficiency is in him. That's amazing promise. Like, like, I'm. Here's where I'm at now. You do me dirty, I feel bad for you. Like I'm actually, I'm actually at this point actually praying mercy over you. Like you want to talk and revile and but because first of all, you're blessing me because blessed is anybody who's reviled for the Lord. Now, if I'm doing my own stupidity and it's getting me reviled, that ain't bringing a blessing. You know, and sometimes we like to superimpose that scripture and be like, oh, they're blessing me. No, we were dumb. You know, like we were acting out of turn and now it's, it's, we're reaping what we sowed. But you know, you come at me, like, go ahead for anything, like following the Lord, want to say something. I'm like, whoa, man, may God have mercy. 
because I know him as he is. I know him as lion and lamb. I know him as merciful, loving Savior, but I've also seen the end of the book, and I know him as mighty judge and king. I, I know him. I, I know him as I know his wrath. I know his wrath, and you don't want that. And so your wickedness in your heart and what you're doing to me and to other people and things like that, I really, really, really ask for God's mercy on you because you don't want to see that day. You don't want to know that side. You don't, you don't want to not repent and come in. This door is freely open for us to come into salvation, but one day that door will shut and they will cry out for the, for the mountains to fall on, on them instead of facing him in his wrath. And I know that side of him. And because of that, I'm actually able to love you and plead for mercy for you in the moment because I wouldn't want that on my worst enemy. See, even in that, he's sufficient. Ooh, I feel the Lord, man. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you, I have been upheld from birth. You didn't get where you're going because you made a bunch of really great choices. <laughs> Matter of fact, you got where you're at right now despite your really bad choices because God has just been watching over you. You are he who took me out of my mother's room. My praise shall be continually of you. Continually. You know, that means in the midst of trial. That means in the midst of trouble. That means in the midst of persecution. Like our posture of heart is praise. And if we're honest, some of us, we ain't even praising uh, when we're supposed to. Much less in the midst of trials and tribulations. But you, you I have become a wonder to many. Why you become a wonder? Because people think you're really weird and odd when you start trusting the Lord. Like, brah, I would have punched his lights out. Why, what'd you do? And you're like, yeah, have mercy on his soul. You know, God have mercy on him if he don't get right with Jesus. You know? Boy, they cut me off. and I mean, I used to do it bad, especially if, if, if my wife was in the car. And my, and my baby, or she was pregnant, and you cut me off in traffic. No, you. Now I got a reason to get in the flesh. See, I'm justified. Again, like, you know what I did to my baby? I worried about me. I say, and now I sound noble too. You know, I sound noble and chivalrous too. Cause, no, it ain't about me. It about me. You don't touch my baby, and you don't touch my wife, and I'm gonna show you. You know, instead of abiding in Him and saying, "Woo, buddy, God have mercy," I bless you to drive. All right. I already told you all that story. Somebody taught me about that. I was getting like, we were doing road rage, and he was talking about road rage. And he's like, uh, and it's funny too, because Jen will send me. She'll literally be Marco Polo. I'm telling on you. She'll literally be Marco Polo and me, and somebody cuts her off, and she's like, I blessed you to drive. You know? <laughs> I was like, way to go, Jen. So, so you know, uh, like I was talking to this guy. He was teaching us in a men's men's group at a church one time, and he was talking about how, you know, he drives to Cleveland every day for work, and people, you know, it's crazy, you know, in the morning, and people weaving. And, and he's like, you know what? I used to just yell at them and wag my finger, but I started saying, you know, I bless you to drive. Like, I bless you to know how to uh, properly drive. And I don't mean it in an arrogant way. Like, no, really, my intention is I, I don't want you to kill anybody or yourself. I bless you to know how to drive. So it was so funny because one Sunday we were driving to church, 
and this car got in front of me, and it was going so slow, and like I had to get there at a meeting, and I'm like, golly, and I started to feel impatience rise up in me, and I'm like, just go, and I'm like, let's not, let, I'm just kidding, so <laughs> we're all like, I do it too, but anyway, so we're, we're going, and I'm like, and I'm like, listen, I'm like, I'm like, oh, and it's like getting me, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to lay hands and it ain't going to be the line you like. I'm not going to be the one you like. I'm going to give you the five-fold right here. You know, and so I'm like, ha. Huh. And so I just started going, bless you in the name of the Lord. I bless you to drive. I bless you to drive. We pull up, and you know who it was? The guy that taught the class. So I went up and I was like, brother, your sermon helped you out a whole lot today, this morning. And me too. Thank you, you know. <sighs> He's sufficient. He's sufficient. I become a wonder to many. They'll wonder about you. What is that? You know? Man, what's different? Why? Boy, she chewed her out today. And you just blessed her. How did that happen, you know? He'll become a wonder. But you are my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength falls. For my enemies speak against me, and those who lie in wait for my life take counsel together, saying, God has forsaken him. Listen, he doesn't go, and so I'm going to get him. He says, pursue and take him, for there is none to deliver him. Oh, God, do not be far from me. Oh, my God, make haste to help me. Let them be confounded and consumed who are adversaries of my life. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. See, he doesn't, he doesn't say this, let me have my way on them. Let me have my way with them. Let me do it. He's really saying, God, you know this is unjust. See it and act. See it and act. There's nothing. I want, to, I want to tell you something. I want to free you up. There's absolutely nothing unbiblical or ungodly for, for praying for justice and the righteousness of God to be done, the righteous judgments of the Lord to be done. There's absolutely none, nothing ungodly about that. Okay? Wrong is wrong. Like there's nothing. Like if you, you, you find out so-and-so's like, you know, messing with little kids or doing this or doing that. Can that person still come to the saving knowledge of Jesus? Absolutely. But there's nothing wrong with saying, God, do justice. Expose darkness and wickedness. Do justice. Let your righteous judgment come down, Lord. Come on. Do right in the earth. You are judged. What you're doing is you're still relying upon his sufficiency. You're not saying, Lord, let me have at him. Lord, I'd just love to take a swing at him. You're not saying that. You're saying, Lord, you do it. But I will hope continually. See, he's saying that. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor who seek my hurt. But I, I will hope continually and, and will praise you yet more and more. Like you want to keep coming at me? Okay, again, may God have mercy on you. But as for me and my house, we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to lift up a shout of praise unto God. Because I already know. I've seen the end. I'm confident. I have faith. I actually believe that this book is true and what says will happen will happen. 
and your salvation. This says, my righteousness will tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. For I do not know their limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. O God, you have taught me from my youth to this day. I declare your wondrous works. He's also showing you how to respond to it. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I'm learning something more and more. Wickedness is wickedness. And evil is evil. And I'm not wrong to say wicked is wicked and evil is evil. Actually, the Bible commands me not to call evil good or good evil. It commands me. And so am I, if I'm watching you eat, drink rat poison right in front of me, and I know it's destroying your soul, am I judging you or am I loving you when I say, hey, why don't you come out of that? Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what he did. You know, what you're doing right now, it is going to lead you somewhere. It's going to lead you to the lake of fire. And I'm not judging you or condemning you because, see, I was on that path as well. And, the sa- and God's not partial to person, so the same mercy he had on me and washed me clean. I got a rap sheet as long as my arm. Listen, he wiped it away like it never even happened. And he can do the same thing for you. But I'm telling you, what you're doing right now is you're drinking spiritual rat poison. And s- the wages of sin is death. And if you keep down this path, you keep committing sexual immorality. You keep watching that. Part. You keep doing those drugs. You keep getting drunk and running around. I'm telling you, the wages of sin is death. And you will end up in the lake of fire. And I don't want that for you. I love you. But listen, Jesus, he said, you don't even have to do it in your own strength. Just believe what I'm telling you. You share the gospel. And you invite them into salvation. And the power of God will be present. It's not even about you either. Well, I don't know. How do I know it'll work? The, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. His grace is sufficient. It's got nothing to do with you. That's why there's people sleeping with prostitutes preaching the gospel and people are still getting saved because it ain't got nothing to do with them. Is that okay? Absolutely not. But does it work? Yeah. Because it's not about us. It's him. There's nothing wrong with calling evil, evil and good, good. It's not judgment. It's not, sorry, I should say it's not judgmental. It's actually just having faith and believing that God, what God says is evil is evil and what God says is good is good. Now, I'm not talking about wagging your finger at people and con- we're not talking about condemnation. Con- see, condemn, the difference between condemnation and conviction and the difference between inviting people into righteousness and condemning them is whether you're looking down like this or you're going low and inviting them up. There's a difference. See, I'm inviting you into the same righteousness that I have. Condemnation says, I'm righteous, you're not, and you never will be. The posture of heart says, I'm righteous because of Jesus, and you can be too. Again, I'm going to say that another way. Condemnation is, okay, condemnations and having a judgmental and critical spirit is saying this. It's saying that I'm righteous, you're not, and you never will be. But loving people and leading them to Jesus is saying, I once was not righteous, I am now because of Jesus, and you can be too. That's love, man. That's love. And let me tell you, there's so many people perishing right now. There's so many on their way. I mean, it's so many. It's really true. And there's people thinking they're following Jesus, but they're really super deceived. They're really, really deceived, and they're actually following a false Jesus, a Jesus that's made up of their own opinions and their own ideas, a Jesus that gives permission for them to stay in any sin that they want to or the people they love want to live in. But the real Jesus, the real Jesus, when he steps on the scene, you either love him or want to kill him. Read the Bible. You either fall in love with him or you want to kill him. He demands a response. 
the lost, wicked, broken that got it, they loved him. They like, we, I need you. The religious who, again, were trying to say, I'm righteous and you'll never be. They hated him and wanted to kill him. That's the real Jesus. Anyway. Oh, God, do not forsake me. Now, now also, when I am old and gray-headed, oh, God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation. Your power to everyone who is to come. Also, your righteousness, oh, God, is very high. You who have done great things. There's not one. This is King David, man. Arguably the baddest king that ever lived. This is King David, man. Like He's prophet, priest, and king. You realize he operated in all three offices. Crazy gifts. Uh, he says nothing about himself. Your power to everyone who's, or I'll, until you, I'll declare your power to everyone who's come. Also, your righteousness, oh God, is very high. You who have done great things. You heard that song? You have done great things. It's a good song. Oh God, who is like you? You who have shown me great and severe troubles shall revive me again and bring me up again from the depths of the earth. You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Also with the lute, I'll praise you and your faithfulness, O God, to you I will sing with the harp. O holy one of Israel, my lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you in my soul, which you have redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of your righteousness all the day long, for they are confounded, for they are brought to shame who seek my hurt. I love this because he shows our posture of heart. Our posture and our role is to trust God and praise him. We praise him for what we've seen he, he's done and we praise him for what we know he'll do. You, you realize that if everything in your life gets stripped away, you have absolutely nothing. You lose it all. Everything. Your health. You, you, you become Job. You know, you realize that if that happens, but you have your salvation, that you still have absolutely everything, that you absolutely, like every tear will be wiped away. Every tear, like etern you have eternity with God, like temporal <laughs> vapor. If you had to live now until the day you die or Christ returns as Job, it, you're still better off than the, than the richest, most luxurious sinner still lost in, in damnation. Like that's, man, that really, you, you, you know, I know like Valerie and Brian just went down. They were in the dumps down in Mexico. And I'm going to tell you, I've been in, in El Salvador. I've been in MS-13's territory in El Salvador. They're the lords of the land. I've seen the slums. I've seen it. I, you know, and there's places here. There's a place over in Campbell that you can go to, and you would never even believe it was in this city. And I'm telling you, it is bad, man. The, the, the condition, the houses are half burnt and people are living in them. And I mean, it's bad. And that's, that's legit, you know. And we look at that and then we're like, man, my toaster oven broke and I got a problem. Then we lose our peace, you know. And it just, it, it, we really, we need this shift, man. Christ is all and in all. Like he's sufficient. He's sufficient. Last portion of scripture and then we'll go, oh, we're doing really, really good. It feels like it's been a little longer. Um, Psalms 22. Sorry, 23. 23. 23. This is 
This I'm confronting me too. 23. I'm confronting me too. So I'm not, this is not, I'm up here with a microphone saying, this is me going, <laughs> help me, Jesus. All right. Psalms 23. Listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Another uh, translation says, I lack nothing. The moment our hearts or souls begin to produce in us a feeling of a lack or wanting for more outside of the divine purposes and plans for God is the moment our, our souls are starting re to reject Jesus as the shepherd of our life. The result of Jesus being the shepherd, the good shepherd, and us receiving him as good shepherd over our life is that we want and lack nothing. I, I literally want for nothing. It's why I can take, I can love my jacket and I can take it off and I can just be like, here, I don't really want it. Like, I like it. It's cool. And there's nothing wrong with, like, being blessed. There's nothing wrong with being blessed. But it, I, I, we have things. They don't have us. That's the difference, you know. We have things, but things don't have us. That's how we, sheep, and our good shepherd live, you know. We, everything comes from him. Like, he gave me this anyway, so I know that if I give it to you, I'm going to get it back anyway. Doesn't really matter, you know. Doesn't really matter. I can be like, be blessed. And it doesn't matter. It just doesn't, I, I doesn't matter what my bill has. No, you can have it. Put it in your pocket. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what my, my bill, I don't care. I'm just seriously, one track mind, man. I, my mind and my eyes are my, my all sufficient savior and good shepherd. Like, I don't really care this world. I don't want its hooks in me. I don't want its things in, in me. Like, in president, this, that, senator, this, that. Like, I have a preference, but don't have your hooks in me. Not robbing me of my joy because my joy doesn't come from this world. It comes from another source. My peace, my pleasure doesn't come from here. It comes from his presence. And that's the one thing you can never take from me. Nothing can separate me from him. Not height, not depth. Uh, not principality, not power, not person, not even sin as long as I repent. It cannot separate me from God. You can't take the presence from me. You can try to come and try, but really what's going to happen is you're going to kill me and then I'm really going to be in his presence. That's why I don't even, we can't, we don't even fear death, man. Please kill me. You have no idea to, to, to live as Christ, to die as gain. I'm not worried about you. You'll do me a favor, really. Really, you'll do me a favor. Because I know to be absent from the body whoo, is to be present with the Lord. And there's no place I long to be than at his feet. There's no place like, I, you know, I love his presence and we can learn to practice his presence. There's a book by us, this monk called Brother Lawrence. It'll mess you up and challenges you. All kind, but Brother Lawrence learned to wash dishes in the glory, just weeping. And he just would constantly be in the presence of God. He learned to live that way. And it's challenging. And I, I would love to, to be there. And I'm, I'm pursuing that thing. You know, he said, seek my face, my presence. That's the word panim in, in Hebrew. It's presence. And David says, and my heart said, I'll seek your face. And he says, seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. My number one thing every day is presence. 
presence, 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 to live from there, to try to stay there. And then, you know, we get distracted and things of this world get distracted. But you know what? When I get to heaven or, or Christ comes down, I got no more distractions. I got no more hindrances. You're doing me a favor. You're taking away everything that's already a problem to me right now anyway. I mean, really, then what am I worried about? This is how I be anxious for nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. Good shepherd, man. The best. Listen to this. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. One of the biggest indicators that we are stepping, stepping outside of the shepherding of the Lord is when we get like this. I got to do, I got to move, I got to try, I got to make, I got to do, I got to do, I got to effort, I got to go, I got to go, I got to try, I got to try harder, I got to do harder, I got to, I got to change something, I got to, you know, I just, just if I had that house, just if I had that car I always wanted, just if I had that relationship, just if I finally got married, just if I finally got kids, just if I had the, I just, oh, I just know one day, one day, one day. But you already have the all-sufficient Savior. That's how I know, quickly, he makes me lay down, not run around. He makes me lay down in green pastures. He leads me by still waters. He leads me. The devil loves you to ride waves. I was talking to Marco about this the other day. I was like, we don't ride waves, homie. <laughs> what do I mean? Waves of emotion. We get off of waves, and all of us have done it. All of us, we just we don't do that. We don't ride waves of emotion. We do stillness, still waters. If you feel that, like, you know, that, that, that wave is cresting up, 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 up. It's surely going to crash, I promise. And you don't want to be there when it crashes. He leads me beside still waters. If you feel like you're getting on a wave, get off. It's not the Lord. He doesn't lead you in waves. He comes in like waves. You just lay in there. But he leads you beside still waters. He restores my soul. If your emotions are jacked, if you're is jacked. And listen, I don't mind talking to counselors and talking to things. We've got amazing counselors in this room right now. I do a whole lot of counseling. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you know what? They're an added bonus that I get. They are not what I need. What I need is Jesus. You know, when you eat a cake... Right. The cake is the substance that fills you. The icing and the toppings, they're just extra. I get those. They add to flavor. That's everything in life, man. That's the house. That's the car. They're extra. They're cool. God likes to decorate our cake. But what he doesn't like is for you to live off icing and be satisfied and filled with the things and not the cake itself. He leads me in paths of righteousness. Listen, all the ways of the Lord are straight and they are narrow. The paths of the enemy, they are broad, wide, and crooked. So it, it, we talked about this thing last Sunday. When you walk on this path in life and it looks sideways crooked, lacks integrity, you know, you got to kind of go around and scheme to get it. You got to kind of shuffle and hustle to make it happen. Crooked path. Crooked path, not his path. 
you got to manipulate and and force and say things to try to get people to do things. That's witchcraft, by the way. And you're, you know, so that's not his path. That's not his path. His path is lay down in green pastures and walk beside the still waters and trust him that he'll bring everything that you need. You know, that's why he says, don't worry about clothes, food. He says, are not the lilies dressed, Right. It's not the lilies dressed more even so than Solomon. There's not a single hair that falls that he doesn't like. He knows he's, he knows. That's why I've gotten to the point where what I do is I ask, Lord, is there anything that I'm doing that's keeping me from something? And as long as that's removed out of the way, then I can say this. If I don't have something I want, it's because he doesn't want me to have it. And then I can trust him. I'm not the God of my life. He's the God of my life. The devil was the God of my life. And you know what that God told me? To do whatever I wanted. Matter of fact, one of his warlock wizards, Aleister Crowley, would say, do what thou wilt. That was his sailing, saying, do what thou wilt. The, Jesus doesn't say, do what thou wilt. Jesus says, do what I do. And, and what I do, I only do what I see the Father doing. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Listen to this. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is very important. You know what a shepherd's rod and staff were? The rod would attack enemies, and it would also pop you on the butt. The staff, well, the staff has a, a blunt end to poke a sheep when it's wrong. Correction. And it has a hook to pull the sheep back from the edge. So he's saying, like, when I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death and things are crazy, I'm probably going to get corrected. I'm probably going to get comforted. And he, don't worry, he'll kill the enemies as they come. You have nothing to fear. You prepare a table before me. In the well, I want to go back to that. A lot of us, when we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we want the protection and the comforting, but we reject the correction. Understand this, the Father corrects those whom he loves. God's correction of me is his affirmation of love towards me. If I'm a son, he corrects. He says he corrects, his, uh, corrects us just like a father does in the son in whom he's pleased. Like that's, it's a correction is a good, I don't know why we think it's, you know why we think it's bad? Because the devil's been telling us that our whole life we've been watching movies and shows and programs and stuff like that and be like they don't really love you they won't let you do what you want it's every preteen's temptation guarantee you there's not a parent in this room that hasn't had a preteen that hasn't dealt with that in some form some fashion i want to do what i want the other kids do it yeah <laughs> fair point says the preteen it's the truth and we know it because then they hide it, you know. This is our relationship with the Lord, man. You know, he's wise to call himself father. <laughs> he spanks, chastises those whom he loved. It like that, that really is cool because that means even though spankings hurt and like correction hurts and whoopings hurt and, and all that and flipping tables hurts and, and all this stuff, the things that Jesus does, 
we in the midst of it still get to find sufficiency in him and still get to find comfort in him knowing that it's him loving us and that we're good. You ever want to question, you know, or the devil tries to question your salvation, just remember the last time you got corrected. He wouldn't correct you and if you weren't on the road <laughs> to salvation. He wouldn't waste his time if you weren't his child. Did y'all catch that? Did you hear it? Hebrews 12, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. I, I mean, I've got the whole thing memorized. Uh, it's all about the chastening of the Lord. But it says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but later on it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. Yeah, come on. I heard somebody say this the other day, and I was like, man, that was good. You know, the Lord gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, right, and have no other gods before me. Right after they came out of a place where they were murdering their children to false idols. Like, man, which means the Israelites were, many of them were participating. We know they were because they go right back to it as soon as Moses gets up the mountain. Man, it's, see, people look at the commands like they're shackles. They're not. It's actually freedom. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. You anoint. So there is an anointing, and then there's a continual anointing. And you need to understand that there's a daily. This is why I, 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 we preach it and we'll beat this horse forever, until it, not until it's dead, but till it resurrects in Jesus' name. But this, I'm telling you. This right here is why you need daily time in the presence of the Lord. What the, this is speaking to, this is not speaking to the prophet coming and anointing the head of David who would be king. That's not what this anointing is. This particular anointing is the anointing that a shepherd would do over his sheep. And what he would do is he would go into his flock and he would anoint the head of a sheep with oil. And what that oil would do is it would keep bot flies out from burrowing in the brains into the skulls of the sheep. The Bible calls the devil the Lord of the flies. And what this anointing does is it coats your mind. See, and the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is. There is a daily anointing with God that literally coats your mind, renews your spirit, restores your soul so that when the devil comes flying around, those bot flies can't drill in and begin to plant lies and deception and get you off the path God has for you. He's an all-sufficient Savior. He says, my cup runs over. Which tells me an amazing truth. The Bible says your cup runs over. So if you're looking at your cup and you're going, my cup's lacking, it's a lie. Actually, your cup runs over. So instead of looking at the cup and saying you run dry, you look at the cup and say, no, nope, really, this is a lie, you're running over. Why? Because all the cattle and the gold are his. He, are, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All the silver and gold are his. And we're his father. And, or, sorry, he's our father and we have an inheritance in him. Surely... Goodness and mercy shall follow me. See, man, there's some of us in this room, and I'm going to hit this, and then we're going to hit the lights. Uh, actually, you can hit the lights right now. It's okay. We'll close with this. Listen to this. I, I just want to, man, I want to take thought every captive that exalts itself against, take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God right now. Listen to this very importantly. Very important. 
Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of our. There's many of you in here that are seeking mercy from God, not realizing it's chasing you down. There are, I'm saying that again, there's many of you that are seeking mercy in areas and asking God, not realizing that it's literally chasing you down. And actually what it takes is repentance. What is repentance to turn around? And you're running, seeking mercy, but if you just stop and turn around back to the Lord, it's, you'll find that his goodness and his mercy have literally chased you down. If you're not experiencing goodness in your life, you're probably chasing after something else. And if you'll just stop and turn around, you'll see that goodness is chasing you down. It's following you. All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is that refocusing us back to eternity. This is that. You guys want to put some music on? This is that refocusing, looking unto eternity. What's David saying? Even at the end of all of this, there's still eternity. Like even in the midst, even if I lose everything that I see here, I lack nothing because there's eternity. Listen, if you're born again and, and, and I believe everyone in this room is, you're born again and you, you have a relationship with Jesus, you have everything you've ever needed. It's on the inside of you. In that thing that's in you, and that pressures you to try to grasp for other things. Well, if I just get this relationship, if I just get this job, or, you know, I'll, I'll really be all in when all the cards align or the stars align, then that's when I'll really be able to be all in. But it doesn't work that way with the Lord. It's the opposite, man. The kingdom works opposite. It's all in, and then he comes in and makes the path straight. He comes in and adds. The moment he is shepherd is the moment I lack nothing. Yeah. Come, Holy Spirit. Right now, I pray, good shepherd, all-sufficient healer, all-sufficient deliverer, just be yourself through this room right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, walk the aisles. Angels ascending and descending on the Christ in us, the hope of glory. You'll see the heavens opened in angels ascending and descending right now. Leave your shame right now. Turn around, repent, face the Lord, and receive your mercy and goodness. Let it chase you down. Wow. Shepherd your people, Jesus. Come with power. Come with power. <laughs> I just see even burdens just lifting. 
yeah, but what, you don't know what I've done, and you don't know what's been done to me, and like, but the Lord knows, and he called you anyway. He called you anyway. Left knee be healed right now. Pain in bodies go. Pain in bodies go. Right now. Every bit. Everything that not of you, Lord, goes now. Pain in bodies. Depression. Anxiety. They don't belong to you. Joy and peace are your birthright in Christ. Receive it. Receive it. Addictions just blown away. Just blown away in the face of your glory. Just literally blown away just because you're present in the room. Just because you're present, Lord. Release mercy and grace now. Power. Every bit, Lord. I've just been waiting for you to allow me to shepherd you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just great grace, Lord. Great grace. Right now. Great grace. Great grace. Yeah, just straight grace. And depth, Lord. Just depth, Lord. Yep. Yep. Every way. Every path, every path made straight now. Every path. We thank you, Lord. Just as Elisha came and made straight the path of the Lord, let the Spirit come now. Make straight the path of the Lord. Every bit, every bit, every concern, every worry, carefree now. Carefree because of the Lamb carefree every burden lifted yeah but you don't know how much debt I have well I know a guy who cancels debt I know a guy that cancels it how am I going to get and do and go and all that stuff Lord just lift I've already got a plan I've already got a plan. <laughs> You're not shepherded by any shepherd. You're shepherded by the Alpha and the Omega. The one who sees the end from the beginning. Yeah, thanks, Lord. Mm -hmm. 
None of my hair. Come through, sweep through, sweep through. <sighs> Sciatic pain through the left side of the body, just out. Good shepherd. Right now. Yeah, he's stilling your souls right now. There's some of you, you know, you may be looking for that explosion of power, but but God is stilling souls right now. He's 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 settling you. You've been very unsettled. The waves and the winds of the world it just crash on you like a storm, but Jesus steps on the scene and says, Peace be still. Your flesh hates this, but the spirit longs for it. Just be still and know God. No human effort. Just give in to it. Release it now. Don't strive. Don't try. Just abide in him. God, I thank you for grace that is sufficient right now. I thank you for grace that is sufficient. Some of you, God may even begin to show you things that he says, don't do this anymore. I don't want you to watch that. I don't want you to hear that. It's, it's sowing into your flesh. I feel like, too, there's one in the room you've been putting off even because of COVID and timing um, it may even be evolved around r relational things but you've been putting off a decision and a, and, a, and a going ahead and you know like you know in your heart what's right and you know in your heart what, what to do but because all the, the puzzle pieces and the dominoes aren't lined up to fall properly all at the same time, or at least they don't look that way. This thing has been put off, and because you put it off, it's caused you to walk in crooked paths. And, and I hear the Lord saying right now, though, he said, just trust me. Don't worry about what family will think. Don't worry about, you know, the day. He said, just, just obey me. Just do what you know is right. I'm trying to lead you on paths of righteousness for my namesake. And so, Lord, I pray that, that you would speak and give strength right now. And the Lord says to some of you, he says, welcome home in my presence. 
this is the place that you have longed for. It's his presence. Thank you for that. God, I pray that you'd bless every heart today. You'd bless every soul to know you, Lord. I pray you'd uproot and uh, route out doubt and unbelief in all of us, Lord, in that we, by the spirit of wisdom and revelation, would see and know you rightly, God. Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us on Encounter Podcast. We pray it has been a blessing to you. We would be honored if you would prayerfully consider supporting this ministry by becoming a monthly partner or sowing a one-time offering helping us bring the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ our Lord to the lost and the continued training and equipping of his bride, the church. For more information on how to become a partner or make a donation, please go to Encounter1078.com and click on the donate button. Thank you, and may the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus be upon you.